0: There's a fissure in the Dub Nation space-time continuum because of some players leaving a team that just won a world championship. The team themselves repeatedly said they're going to run it back. They haven't. They're now relying on youth. And the question is, why is the team doing this? Are they doing this because they really believe in the youth movement and and the young players that have not really proven much yet? Is the team hurting for cash? Um, These are questions that I hope Eric Crispell can at least help me answer. I'm not, I'm not expecting you Eric to be the, the Sal for all this, but you certainly have some tremendous credentials. You've done work covering the Warriors and we're going to break all of this down next. This is locked on warriors. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors, your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Eric Prispell on Twitter at Eric Prispell. I hope you pronounced your, your last name correct, sir. Uh, you currently work for Sports Business Journal. Your credentials are solid, second to none with uh with bylines for the Washington Post, USA Today and so much more. Eric, I believe you're based in Texas right now. You're originally from Jersey, but you wrote a story recently about the Golden State Warriors and the fact they pulled in over $800 million in revenue. Um, and I guess my first question to you is, uh, first of all, how are you doing? You're not <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you oh, today? I'm, thanks so much for having me, Cyrus. Yeah, it's great to, great to be here. I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Um, so I guess my question first off is, do you have a more precise number yet in terms of the total amount of revenue? And if not, is that, a, is that an accurate assessment that in the 2021 2022 season, the Golden State Warriors generated over
1: $800 million in revenue? Absolutely. Yeah. More Projected, yeah, more than $800 million. And you got to understand like nobody's in this ballpark. Like they're alone. They're not just alone this year in the NBA. That's the most in the history of the NBA. And when you go even more broadly than that, and you think about the history of United States sports and, you know, in this country, I remember the New York Yankees one year when I covered baseball, pulled in, it's on ballparking here, you know, in a $600 million vicinity. So you're talking rarefied air with the Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees. I mean, 800 million plus, that's the most that I've heard of that through my research and talking to other people. Uh, for American and American sports franchise. The only thing comparable, I think, is like a team like FC Barcelona, something at that level. I mean, what the Warriors are doing, nobody's doing. And we can go into, go into it deep, deep, more deeply how they're doing this, but it That's really I- sets them apart, not just on the basketball court, you know, winning the fourth title since 2015, but off the court, all of the adjacent businesses, their innovative approach. I mean i i bold it boil it down to this i mean in 2018 2019 they were an innovative sports franchise and that's wonderful they've eclipsed that they've transcended that at this point they are a robust thriving sports and entertainment company and that puts them in a class by themselves and people really have to appreciate what joe lakeup peter guber are doing and brandon schneider the ceo on the business side. What they are accomplishing and their vision, which is, is so profound and and also the culture that they've established, and it all revolves around innovation and this one mantra hey if you're not. If you're not failing you're not trying they're going <laughs> to push the envelope in every conceivable way and the results speak for themselves.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and look, they just won a world championship. I guess my two questions I have for you immediately and I'm so happy you're on Eric, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today to join me. Uh, first of all, how much money did they earn just in the
1: postseason alone and where is that 800 million coming from exactly? Great question. I wish I had specifics on the postseason revenue. I do not obviously making it to the finals and winning the championship, created a heck of a lot more revenue because I think it was before they made the finals, it was projected to be over in the vicinity of 700 million. Now it's over 800 million when I talked to them uh, right before game one of the, of the NBA finals. But, you know, it, it, here's the thing. I mean, it's not just corporate sponsorships, ticket revenue, you know, the, the revenue from the gate, media rights, all of that. That's great. And, and, and really strong for the Warriors in particular. But it's these adjacent businesses it's you know being the first sports team to have an nft drop and the sales from just the first drop alone have eclipsed two million dollars it's the wow. cryptocurrency partnership with ftx that's worth in excess of 10 million dollars it's coming up with um you know the concept even for sweet exchange this online resale marketplace for suites that many people feel could become the stub hub of of you know reselling suites for single game events so in addition to that golden state entertainment you know mm-hmm. your original content creator there and and the 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 potential for that is just enormous and once again i i go back to what what i've asked them specifically i said what's the blueprint where what are you following here in order to generate all this revenue and come up really with the vision and they said one word disney That's it, it started out as an amusement park and it has expanded beyond anybody's wildest dreams. And that's what the Warriors, that's the path the Warriors are on right now with what they're doing. They are a championship level NBA basketball team, but well beyond that, they are a sports and entertainment company and that's bringing in just enormous revenue that at this point, nobody else in the NBA can really rival
0: you're absolutely right they and they actually own the land uh the chase center and all their headquarters are, are set in And i know they have bank payments they got to deal with uh but you're right they i mean I've, I've read stories where they're interested in exploring like making movies and and and, and creating entertainment content for streaming purposes i mean the, the sky doesn't seem to be the limit or maybe the sky is the limit whatever the adage is uh in terms of the warriors and what they can do uh with this enterprise um I'm curious to know of that 800 million. Uh, the, the payroll expenditure last year was approximately 350 million, uh, I believe. I, I might be wrong on that. Um, so, I, I guess my question to you, if you, if you have the answer, I don't know if you do, take away like taxes. Take, I don't know how much they they have to pay each month or each year to the banks to to slowly pay off uh, the loans they had to accrue uh, to to build Chase Center and to buy the land. Um, when all said and done, over $800 million is a lot of money, but are they actually taking home a profit from all that? Like are they are they sitting comfortably or or despite all that, are they as it more closer to like a break-even
1: point? Like how are they looking in terms of profits? Do you know mm-hmm. great question because they're certainly spending a lot on the player's side. Uh I I don't have a specific answer from that. I, I would say they're not exactly sitting comfortably only because they keep pushing things. They keep pushing the envelope and in with innovation, and they want to broaden themselves out, expand the horizon as much as they can. I think it was eight years ago they had 120 employees within the organization. Now it's over 500 employees. Right. They continue to expand, and you know it starts at the top. You know Peter Guber and, and Joe Lakeup saying we're at the beginning of the beginning, and you know right after they win a the championship, they're right on it again and trying to figure out what other adjacent businesses they can invest in. You know, they're into esports. Uh, they were one of the first franchises to purchase a G League team that became the Santa, Santa Cruz Warriors. And, right. and one of the only ones that that became profitable. Uh, so they're looking at all different aspects. They, they wanna own a WNBA team. And, you know, I had a call earlier today that said that, that that's a strong, there's a strong possibility that it could come to the Bay Area in the next two to three years if it does, you know, there's no ownership better than what you see with the Warriors right now uh, with, with their, you know, they, they are well-respected, certainly uh, well-accomplished and there's no stopping, you know, that from continuing, you know, into the future.
0: Yeah. I've heard speculation too, that the WNBA wants to expand. Um, I've been making the argument on Twitter and again, you can follow Eric at Eric Prispel, You can follow me Cyrus thoughts is a dog or show, or by the way, this uh Rick Berry uh replica uh shirt jersey. Rick Berry and I started our own little apparel company. You could find that just by looking at my pin tweet. Uh, and those shirts are available there. But uh yeah, I, I you know I've tweeted the fact that the berry I think would be a fantastic home for a WNBA expansion franchise. And it does not surprise me that the that the Warriors' current ownership will be involved in that. A lot more to talk about with Eric. First, I I have to give some love to one of our uh relatively new but slowly becoming a longtime sponsor of our program. Arcade one up, the company behind the rejuvenation of the NBA jam franchise. For those of you that, that remember playing NBA Jam as a kid, Kevin Calabro going boom, Shakalaka. Eric, do you remember that? Are you old enough to play that when you were a kid? The NBA Jam? Oh, and
1: oh thanks for the compliment. But yeah, absolutely. I go way back before that. But uh and <laughs> NBA Jam, that was a, a popular game in college. We played it well into the night, too many nights, but uh yeah, <laughs>
0: you're absolutely right man same and it was just a fun arcade game it was fun if you're playing at home well they're bringing it back no fouls no free throws you can pre-order now from arcade one up.com that's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early september ship date arcade one up is the place for fun they have other classics like Golden Tea, where I spent hours of my life at a bar in North Beach just spinning that wheel playing golf, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. And check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a Locked On listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. You can follow Eric Prisbell on Twitter at Eric Prisbell, P-R-I-S-B-E-L-L, uh, for all his content, which is fantastic. You're currently uh, writing and producing content for Sports Business Journal. Um, you know, so the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, and it's they made some controversial decisions. Uh, this offseason stemming largely from the fact that during the parade during post-game interviews they said they want to run it back they want to keep the same team together and that's the strategy I personally support strongly if you win a world championship with a team why change it if it ain't broke don't fix it but nonetheless the team is deciding to let go of nearly their entire veteran bench whether it's players who were relatively inconsequential like Damian Lee like Juan Toscano Anderson to a player like uh bielitsa who, who went back to europe then you have the more uh, vitally important players Otto porter junior signs a two-year 12 plus million dollar deal with the toronto raptors and then gary payne the second the one that hurts the most who signed with the portland Blazers for three years 27 million dollars every indication to me seems to be and it's hard to know this objectively but it seems to me that the warriors if they wanted to could afford to spend to at a minimum bring gary payne the second back i mean look if they're spending all this money on these other ventures. If they're looking to buy an expansion WNBA team, I think they could afford to have paid for Gary Payne II. I understand that over three years with the luxury tax penalty, that contract would have actually been over $100 million. I know that's a lot of money. I get it. But perspective is also important based on the revenue you bring in. In your opinion, Eric, are they making these decisions intentionally? Meaning like, do they actually want to let go of these veterans because they trust that youth on the bench that much?
1: Or do you think these are cost-cutting measures or maybe a combination of the two? I don't know. Your thoughts. Oh, it's a great, great question. I don't think Thank they can – I don't think they can keep – keep. I, I didn't think they could keep all of those guys. I didn't think they would keep Porter. Uh, Peyton was the one that I had hoped just from a basketball fan standpoint and appreciating their dynasty that I hoped that they would they would find a way to keep. That Sam. one hurts. That one, I think, is going to, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that in the win column in the regular season. What he meant to them after he came back from the broken elbow, especially defensively. I mean, he was, he was fantastic and, and really an unsung hero for what he, what he meant to them late in the playoffs. Obviously, you know, they don't win a title if, if Curry doesn't become Curry uh, in the NBA finals and Andrew Wiggins doesn't become what, what people thought he might become when he was the number right. one draft, uh, and I go way back back with Andrew. Uh, I covered him when he was in high school at oh, his wow. school in, in West Virginia. I went out there and spent a few days with him at his house, where where Wow, uh, you know his host family lived, and I played video games with him. And he was um, <laughs> I can get into that. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just remarkable. No, expand what? on that, please. Because sure. if you have time, I do. I mean, how was Absolutely. that? Tell, tell us yeah, about he that. He was the number one player in the country, and he. He was so good he reclassified and, you know, jumped early graduating high school and went to Kansas. But when he was at, I believe it was called Huntington Prep in West Virginia, I was at USA Today. So I went out to West Virginia and spoke to his high school coach and said, let me spend a couple days here with you guys and with Andrew to do the definitive story at that point on him. He was a freakish athletic talent. But at some times you'd watch him play and you say the guy's invisible. You can't tell he's on the court. What impact is he really making considering his athletic gifts, even at that point? And I just happened to be there at the same time Roy Williams from North Carolina came to visit him. And I remember talking to Roy while we were watching him practice. And it was just, and I said, what do you think? Have you ever seen anything like this? And I I remember it clear as day. He said, he said, Roy Williams said to me, he looks like secretariat. He's just. absolutely freakish is in his athletic ability. Uh, The question is, would it translate? He was always very quiet, very polite. Uh, And the same thing at Kansas, when I covered him a ton with Joel Embiid on the same team, you could just see the athletic ability, but at other times he would just blend in and you could even forget he was on the court. So it, it has taken a long time for that to blossom. But personally, having known him back then, I was really happy to see you know, it all comes come together. All of it—the aggressiveness, the athletic ability—you uh, know, kind of just take over the game when you're needed to do it, and and certainly when you're you're able to do it. And that he showed the confidence in in being able to do that. And that that was you know one of the big differences that enabled them to to win the title. Uh, losing we're going back, losing Peyton will hurt. I, I don't like. How do you make up for that? Who's going to fill that role? That said, they have the core back. And I think Clay, once he's back for a full season, will be better than what he was kind of up and down during this regular season. He's still got it. Curry certainly is not losing it. Draymond Green, you know, he's going to be an impact. I don't know how much of an impact offensively, you know, he will be. That was fascinating to see how it played out in the in the postseason. It was. Kevon Looney was tremendous. And I think he could build on, on that. I just don't see anybody. I think they start as the favorite in, the, in a very deep Western Conference. It's deep, uh, you know. Minnesota, Minnesota thinks they got better with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> they think they do by giving up, you know, a ridiculous number. It's like the Herschel Walker trade going way back. But are they even in the top four in the league in the conference? No. In the conference, I don't think they are. I think it Same. starts with Golden State. You know, you don't know really know what Phoenix will be. You know, will they have Kevin Durant at that point? Who knows. Uh, I think Denver will be very good. Memphis is not going anywhere. They have a ton of assets and they'll still be in the mix as well. So it is going to be extremely competitive losing Peyton hurts, but I still have them as a slight favorite in a very deep conference.
0: Yeah. And let me know if, and let me know if you think my logic is sound here, or if you disagree, I, I, I am with you. I still think the warriors are the favorites, but I feel like if you're in the position that they were in coming off that world championship, um, why not, add certainty why not add you know uh, a contingency in terms of depth i feel like their depth was second to none in the nba this year and i just don't understand the rationale of sacrificing that depth because you're right the core of the team is is they're all hall of famers i mean this is some of the greatest players in the history of the game steph clay dre and then wiggins who you can make the argument was the second best player in the nba finals I, i don't think you can disagree with that it would be hard to um but at the same time like the regular season is a grind you know these 82 games add up and I thought the minutes were there for the core to rest during the regular season. Maybe play 25-30 a night, don't play back-to-backs. And then the veterans like the GP2s, maybe – in Otto Porter Jr., I didn't think they were going to bring back. But I I feel like the regular season was the time where you play these other players more so. But if they're good enough, they can carry you into the postseason, and then you have your core fresh and ready. That was my main issue for losing GP2. I also don't like the fact that GP2 – I mean, his defense, like you said – John Morant hated playing against him. Even Nikola Jokic had issues playing against him. I don't know if they win that Celtics series without him. I really don't. I think he was a difference maker in at that level, um, you know. And so that's why it hurts. This is why where I'm a little disturbed that the Warriors are putting so much faith in this young core who has not proven themselves. Wiseman's played uh, what thirty something games in his entire career. Didn't play at all last year. Uh, Kaminga's 19. Moody is 20. Uh, they haven't really proven themselves much outside of a few appearances here and there. I, I mean, do, do you agree with me that I just don't
1: think it was smart to let go of that veteran bench, or do you think they're going to be okay? Your thoughts? I don't think it's a killer. I mean, but here's my critique. Here's my criticism. If you're going to lose Peyton, I would have used that late first round draft pick to take Andrew Nemhart from Gonzaga, who was really good in the fast paced offense, yes. free flowing offense. They, they play basketball. It's a, It's a. It's like a European type type game with Gonzaga. And so I thought he really fit in as as a backup point guard for the Warriors and and he could be groomed and build off that. Uh you know, instead he goes first pick, second round. So he was he was available and I thought he was a first round talent. Instead, they take Patrick Baldwin who I thought was a reach. I thought that was a bit of a flyer. He showed the potential you know, as a as a prospect coming up. But let's face it, he did not have a good season last year. And I was surprised. I wasn't the only one to see him go in the first round. And, you know, so that, that was a, a question mark for me. That was a bit mysterious why they made that move, what they saw in Baldwin that, that other people's, people do not see at this point. And look, hey, if anybody is in position where they could take a bit of a flyer, it's the Warriors, sure. Um, I think Kaminga is going to be – Fantastic, athletically, super young. I mean, super young. We just don't know yet. I think Wiseman's exactly. more of a mystery for me. I they know more. Okay, they they've seen him. They know more than we do on this. I just don't know exactly what we're going to get from him. You know, really at all. Um, yeah, Pool Pool showed flashes of absolute brilliance. I think he should have got Most Improved Player. Agreed. Of the year in the league. I mean, he was in G League. You know, you, John Morant was great last year. He's even better this year, but. You know, you talk about the evolution of Jordan Poole. That's remarkable. That's what the league is all about. Uh, he certainly has to improve more, uh, not only defensively, but you know, he had he had moments where he could be a little bit reckless, you know, with the ball. I think so. He can improve there. They got they got a lot of assets. I mean, just talking about this, I, I just think that you put all this together under Steve Kerr, who had a fantastic postseason. I think he yeah. he, he out coached. Uh, he, he won the coaching battle in the finals. He just seemed to really push the right buttons at the right time. And he made a huge calculated risk, really, in sitting Draymond Green when he had to be put on the bench late in whatever game that was uh, to be able to win that game. And it worked out. Uh, so I trust what they have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, game four. I, I really think that they have everything in place to get back to the finals It won't be, it won't be easier. Uh, It won't be easy, but it might be easier than it was this year. I mean, they were the third seed. And what if John Morant doesn't get hurt? Are they out in the second round now? I I don't know.
0: Yeah. And and that's, and again, that's where I feel like a Gary Payne, the second would have made things easier and they just made it harder on themselves. But, you know, that's my opinion. You know, I I could be wrong on this. Uh, And Eric, speaking of assets, if you don't mind sticking around just for a few minutes more. I got to ask you about that because the Warriors do have assets and there's a superstar player out there whose name incredibly is still connected with the Golden State Warriors. We'll touch on that in just a moment, but first got to give love to another longtime sponsor of this program, Built Bar. These are yummy, incredible treats. Eric, I don't know. Have you ever had a Built Bar? You ever heard of those things? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're, <laughs> so you know about them. All right. No, no Yeah. Doubt. They're, yeah. They're, and these are, again, these are like protein bars that I always recommend eating if you want to put something in your body that isn't high on sugar doesn't have the garbage that comes with like a candy bar uh you know it's packed with 17 grams of protein uh, on average only 130 calories per bar and that protein is what really fills you up and the protein is made out of collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits it's something that tastes good and is good for you and nearly all built bars are covered in 100 percent real chocolate the granola is my personal favorite Uh, That's what I recommend. They're delicious. Just go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 to get 15% off your order at Bilt.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So is Eric Prispell on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eric Prispell, P-R-I-S-B-E-L-L is how you spell his last name. We're talking about assets and the superstar I'm referring to, no secret, obviously, is Kevin Durant. He's holding up the entire offseason right now as the Nets look to make a trade. Um, anything you're hearing and and what do you think is there a possibility I know Lacob loves KD that is his white whale he, he was incredibly bummed that KD left in 2019 um, I, even though like it would, t- it would probably require sacrificing a lot to get him back in terms of that young talent they have do you think there's a possibility he comes back to the Warriors and and have you heard anything your
1: thoughts I would love that storyline I really would that is rich <laughs> but I, I just don't see it happening I mean you know, he won two titles there, and, and he felt it was Steph's town, and it is. I mean, yeah. I remember watching Kevin Durant when he was 12 years old in, I think it was Rockville, Maryland, when I was working at the Washington Post back then. You knew he was going to be a, a phenom, a superstar. and He's had a ver- one of the most interesting career paths for a top 15 player that we've ever seen, and I think it's unfortunate that he left Golden State, Same. followed his friend Kyrie Irving down a path, that's gone down a bad path at this point. And he's looking to kind of regain some stability in his, from a legacy standpoint, he's already a top 15 player, but yeah. I think had he stayed at Gold, with golden state, recovered from the Achilles, you know, won a couple more titles, then, um, you know, he, he probably would be a top 10 player, which is what I is, what I think Steph Curry is right now. Ed, edge into the top 10 and that's hard to do. And I think he's yes. getting right there in that debate with Kobe Bryant. I still edge toward Kobe, but it's, uh, with it's you. close. I'm with you. Yep. Curry's coming along. Uh, Kevin Durant, I man, it's tough. I mean, he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami. Miami doesn't have a lot of assets. I mean, if you want to keep Jimmy Butler there, what, do, what are you really going to be able to give up to make it attractive for Brooklyn? Unless you're going to bring in a third team, fourth team. You know, Donovan Mitchell, they say he's not going to be traded. I don't necessarily believe that because oh. they're giving everything up right now. And I think they would be primed to be in the tanking market next year because there is a seven foot three French guy named Victor out there who everybody is going to want for the in the twenty twenty three draft. Looking ahead, Phoenix, can you get Kevin Durant without giving up Devin Booker? I think that's that's the hard part. So if you give up Devin Booker, the cornerstone of the franchise, where are you? You just gave exactly. Yeah, I, I just don't don't see how that, that does Brooklyn
0: it. do that trade uh, if it doesn't involve
1: Devin Booker in your opinion? I don't think so. I don't think, so. yeah, I
0: say And I don't, that's why I don't see that happening. I don't know where yeah. he goes like Toronto. I don't, I don't know. You, do you have a hunch? Do you have a guess?
1: Well, I would love to see Memphis make a run here. They have oh, so I don't see that. <laughs> they go, they go 10 deep, you know, they go 10 deep and you know, you keep Jaron Jackson, you keep Morant, and you package and i'm not talking well i don't even know what the package would have to entail after that minnesota tra- trade for go bear which uh you know it's not disaster
0: do you agree with yeah. me eric that was just that was baffling I, I, I thought that was so one-sided i don't know what minnesota was thinking are you I, do you agree i mean like it's crazy totally. right
1: totally i mean uh they i think I think they gave away some playoff games. They're rough down the stretch, but 20 years old in Anthony Edwards. It's going to happen. And I was just really intrigued to see how they handled the offseason. But by bringing in Rudy Gobert, who's, what, 30 years old? Yes. Struggles offensively, obviously. Yes, Uh, I'm not – no, I don't like it. I just don't like that.
0: And he's peaked, and he's already peaked. He's not going to get better. You know, it's just crazy.
1: And they gave up way too much. I think Memphis could put together a package if they're really smart about it. But I don't like what Memphis did in the draft. I mean, I, I think they're, they're right there. Memphis is right there with so many pieces. They just Agreed. have to figure out what's exactly the core. What could we give up to to kind of get the finishing piece here? And it's very hard to do. The storyline that I would love to see that I think would be able to redeem Kevin Durant's legacy is if he went back to Oklahoma City. Oh, you know, For Kevin Durant, it's all about where's home? You know, what city will accept me, embrace me, will love me to the extent that maybe Curry's loved in, in the Bay Area? And I think it's Oklahoma City. He made the right decision to get away from Westbrook when he did. But if he went back there, and they have the assets to do it. Sam Presti has the assets, I think, to be yes, able to do it. I think they would – I mean, I, I live two hours south of of OKC and yes, they'd welcome him with open arms. Now, would he be able to lead him to a championship? Probably not. But if he could lead them deep in the playoffs again – That'd go a long way to really enhancing his legacy during the latter stages of his career. I think it'd be a wonderful story, just from a story standpoint, from a legacy standpoint. Uh, but look, I mean, he's one of the top five players in the league. I think still, you know, yes. when healthy, and he and he looked that way for for a lot of last season. So a lot of intrigue here. The other thing is, the longer this goes, Cyrus, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's back in Brooklyn because they just can't Damn. find it an adequate trade partner to make this work
0: same because I I feel like Sean Marks is not going to just give them up he's he seemed to put his foot down and uh you're right I I do think that's a very strong possibility I also feel like the Warriors as weird as it sounds has the best assets to trade for him in other words like if the Warriors approached Sean Marks and said we'll give you I don't want to give a Kaminga. I I think the potential there is just so damn high but if they came with a package that if you're giving up Jordan Poole but you're getting seth curry back in the process i could stomach that um and then if you're giving up like moses moody wiggins uh wiseman i don't know if brooklyn would say yes to that but um it's just weird the warriors strangely have the assets for it but again i just yeah, you're right i don't know if the warriors are have the stomach to bring it back and um what do you work before we let you go what are you working on now i uh, you know you've you've had an, had an you've had an incredible journalism career congratulations on that sir Thank you.
1: uh what you're very welcome what well deserved what are you working on now what's what are you what's your latest piece I'm headed to uh, the WNBA All-Star Game in Chicago this coming weekend. Thrilled about that. I, I My first job out of out of college, Cyrus, I covered the WNBA, traveled with the team, the New York Liberty, uh, back in 2000. So it's going back a long ways. I'm, I'm really eager to see how much the league has grown. And, you know, another part of my job is to cover golf. So I am ne- neck deep in the whole live golf.
0: Oh, yeah. Obama,
1: and, and that whole saga there. So... I continue to write about that that situation which you know evolves as we as we speak. But that said, basketball is my first love. So you know I follow it on and off the court, summer league, the whole thing. So'm I'm, I'm thrilled about it and uh, I agree. look, the Warriors have the most assets to give up to get Kevin Durant, but there's a history there, there's a backstory, yeah. that I think complicates everything to the point where you're not going to be able to make that happen.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. And, and again, I, I keep telling people I don't think it's gonna happen, but don't be surprised if it does, just because you know, the Warriors have surprised people before. And Lacob just it, that's his, you know, he he loves Durant. Like I if anyone was heartbroken more than anyone else from Durant spurting the Warriors, it was it was Joe Lacob. So to get him back with a four-year deal locked in, I, I wouldn't shock me, but I you're right, I'm with you. I don't think it's gonna actually happen. Eric, man, I'd love to get you back on at some point. Um, and, and the golf thing, I'm sure for you is awesome, just because the storylines are endless, right? I mean, when has there ever been a competing tour against the PGA? It's fascinating, right? So of to talk golf here for a second, but that's that's just very interesting and entertaining to me. I mean, uh, is, is same with you. I mean, what are your thoughts on that real quick?
1: Yes, it's an existential threat to the PGA <laughs> Tour. And I I come into this eyes wide open. I don't have a dog in the fight. I so I'm covering both sides of it, trying to develop sources and talk to both sides of it. It's it's fascinating. Uh, There's a lot of issues at play that are that are complicated. And there's a lot of, you know, agencies and organizations on the the PGA Tour side that all have to unite and, you know, against this threat if it's going to be stymied here. But Live Golf has generated they continue to generate momentum. The two key questions for me, number one, clearly, can they get a media rights deal? Can they get their events on TV? I don't know if they can for, for many Interesting. reasons. And, you know, the networks are already locked up with the PGA Tour, so they're not going to add Live Golf. Fox has no appetite for golf in general. Uh, does, is it going to take a streaming platform, you know, an Apple and Amazon to get involved? Do they want that? Is it worth it? Um I don't know. And the the second thing is, are they going to get a big fish, like a really big fish, not Phil Mickelson at 51, 52 years old, but a John Rahm, a Jordan Spieth, a McElroy. There's no evidence right now that they could break through and get a real pillar golfer like that. So given that, I don't know if their ceiling is all that high, but it is going to be, continue to be a turbulent summer and beyond in the live golf uh, drama with the PGA Tour
0: amazing and by the way if you ever need uh contact information for the individual running the sports programming department at amazon let me know it's uh she's an incredible human being i'd love to connect you to you if you need that but you probably you know have your connections let me know though. you have my number uh eric you can follow eric Prispell on twitter at eric Prispell again p-r-i-s-b-e-l-l is how you spell his last name you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogsterFrocho and this program on Twitter uh, at Locked on Dubs. Kevin Dana should be joining, joining me tomorrow, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors and of all the summer league action to break down how the Warriors' young players are doing so far. Eric, thank you, sir. This was a delight. Uh, I learned a lot. It was a pleasure to meet you, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, Cyrus. Anytime. Thanks, man. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Later.